want to say how thankful I am to be here with y'all this evening, and uh, I desire great interest in your prayers, and I know that every time I stand up here, I handle a responsibility that uh, is probably the greatest that can be entrusted to anyone, and uh, I hope each and every time I stand with my small and my weak efforts that in some way I please the Lord who gave me the strength to stand up here, the breath to get up this morning, and a life far better than what I could have ever imagined or deserved. But those of you who have your Bibles handy, please come and turn with me to Revelation chapter 22, and we'll begin our reading at verse 1. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it, on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. And there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. And he said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I had heard and seen I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these things. Then saith he unto me, See thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren, the prophets. And of them which keep the sayings of this book, worship God. And he saith unto me, Seal not the sayings of this prophecy, of this book, for the time is at hand. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to be right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. For without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. 
And the spirit and the bride say, come, and let him that heareth say, come, and let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. I would like to stop my reading there, and I would like to touch on just a short space of these scriptures one more time. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. And there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. <clears throat> when I felt led to use these scriptures today, there was a thought that came to me, and the thought the Lord placed in my heart was, where you want to find yourself. I'm not going to take any time in trying to give my interpretation of what different 12 fruits might be on that tree or what that river may look like. Um, there's a lot in this book that is uh, out of my understanding, but there are things in this chapter specifically that I have a very good understanding of, perhaps most obviously because I've had the experience in the last days, there will be the last moments of time, there will be two marks. There's the mark of the beast, which will be on those who have rejected Christ. And there will be the mark of God in the foreheads of those who repented of their sins. Oftentimes throughout life, I hear people saying and referring and talking about the future and where they anticipate to find themselves years down the road. Now, I see no great, uh, I see no wrong in thinking and planning of the future and, and trying to, uh, you know, secure yourself uh, a way to keep a roof over your head in our senior years. Uh, planning for the future is a smart and a wonderful thing. I hear oftentimes of employers, they'll, uh, They'll pull people in their office and they'll say something like, where do you see yourself in five years? And all those things are good and all those things are well while we're here on this earth. But there is a place where you're going to see yourself someday. One of two places. And you can either find yourself in the place that I just read about with God's name sealed in your forehead, or you can find yourself in a place of torment with another mark on your forehead. And I don't think that any rational, logical human being of sound mind wants the latter of those two experiences. You know, one of the ways we can tell that, and I, I believe this, when I was growing up as a child, I've come here all my life and I've heard the words, we are living in perilous times. A great, great many times, the longer I live and the more God has opened my eyes to the things around me, the more that I believe that's true. And the Bible tells us in the last days that uh, good will be seen as evil and evil will be seen as good. And uh, I don't know if anybody's paid a lot of attention lately, but right now, the majority or a noticeable portion of our society is currently celebrating an entire month 
of things that God calls abomination. And if you speak out and you warn your friends, you're considered evil. You're a bad person and you're full of hate if you try and reach out to those you love to tell them that there's a better way. Would it be safe to assume in today's world that good is being seen as evil and evil is being looked at as good? I kind of think we're there. I also think that our time is getting short. I could not imagine anybody with a, a sound mind wanting to find themselves with that mark. Uh, just a few short chapters before uh, I got to my reading lesson, you can read about the awful things that are going to happen to those who reject Christ. Uh, there are a great many plagues coming, uh, horrible experiences. And then, of course, the very final touch is the absence of Christ and an eternity in hell. Nobody really wants to find themselves there. Uh, I tell you what, today, if I had to estimate uh, it with my limited abilities, I would probably say there are billions of people right now in hell who wished that they would have found themselves with another mark on their forehead. And if you want the mark of God, if you want his name on your forehead, in the next life, the first thing you're going to have to do is have your name written in the book of the Lamb in this life. Many times when I show up to churches, uh, I show up and I preach to a generation that I admire and uh, uh, typically to a group of people who are in church on Sunday evening and have their lives well in order and I find it almost silly sometimes uh, some of the things I have to touch on. I know there's probably not uh, a lot of lost people here tonight. I know most people, most of y'all are saved. I've heard your testimonies. I'm grateful for it. I, I know that when y'all leave this world and I leave this world, we're going to be reunited again. But tonight, I just had the feeling that uh, tonight's message needed to be geared towards the lost. I've never preached on recording before. I reckon this is probably going on Facebook. So somebody, perhaps, someone I love, hopefully, hopefully someone will hear this and it might do them some good. But friend, if you're out there and you're listening to this, I want you to know that there is a God who loves you so much that he was willing to trade his child and let this child come into this world and live a perfect life, completely abstain from sin, because that would be the only suitable sacrifice so that all of us would have the opportunity to repent of our sins, be born again, have our name placed in the good book of life, and to escape the coming destruction. You know, when you get to reading in the book of Revelation about the elements melting with fervent heat, uh, that should alarm any person. Uh, I've never witnessed elements melt, but uh, many years ago I had a job where I was a welder. And uh, every time I would flip my head and my face shield would come down, I would strike this arc, 
and I would weld across these Ford Super Duty frames. And uh, all I could see was blue light and hard steel melting and bonding together. I'm going to tell you something. You, you didn't want to leave your glove on there. Even with your big, thick glove, you don't want to leave your glove on that rail very long because you would know it very quickly. And I think about the heat that comes off those rails. And I know in comparison to the heat that it will take to melt everything in this world, all of the elements, harder materials, all the buildings, the structures, everything that people look at every day and take for granted that will always be here, they are going to pass away and this world will be no more. I tell you, friend, if your name is not written in that Lamb's book of life, uh, when that last trump sounds and you don't have that, uh, the name of God written in your forehead, friend, you're going to find yourself in trouble like you have never known. You know, sometimes people, they hear preachers and, and uh they, they hear a tone coming from the preacher and sometimes uh, think, well, that guy, he, he almost sounds angry. Friends, I want you to recognize tonight the difference between anger and a sense of urgency. I, I don't think when I look out at the signs that are taking place in the world around us right now that we have a great deal of time to play patty cake with sin. We need people to start looking to God and away from this world. Lost friend, I want you to know I love you. There's going to be people that will probably hear this that I will never lay eyes on, but I want you to know that there is a God who loves you so much more than your parents, your spouse, your children. There is a God that has a love that is just not of this world. And he will take all the fear, the hurt, the condemnation and conviction out of your heart. He'll take that lust for sin out of your heart. And he will fill you with peace and a desire to do better. I know every time I stand in the pulpit that I'm the weakest link of all my brethren. And that's okay. He doesn't necessarily always call the brightest or the most eloquent speakers. But he only calls those who have been saved. He only calls those that uh, have a place, that have a time. <clears throat> if we scooted this podium over just a few feet, Some of this is arranged a little differently. You would see this church 20 years ago or better. And I can remember the pews were covered differently. The mourner's benches up here were covered a little different than they are today. And I can go back to a time and a place before this lovely new addition here was added on. And I can remember what God did for I can remember one morning 
and it took me a long time to get here because I was a very prideful young man. I didn't want people to see me cry. I can't believe that that kept me away from the altar as long as it did. And finally, one Sunday morning, I got that foolish notion out of my head. I can't tell you how many times I walked up here as a young man and I said to myself, well, I'll go up there and pray. But he's probably not going to save me. And he didn't. But when I finally got that nonsense out of my head that he wouldn't save me, it happened just like that. And all the fear, all the conviction, all the condemnation that I felt, the sleepless nights, everything that I suffered up to that point, it was gone in an instant. And I'll tell you what, I've never had another experience where I felt so relaxed and at peace within my soul. And he didn't save me because I was any better than anybody else. Far from it. I just very simply met his conditions. Uh, I think that he looked down and he saw a broken-hearted boy. I think he looked down and he saw that I was sorry for my sins and my wrongdoings that contributed to his son having to die on the cross. I think he could see that I was sorry. And then when he could finally see that I trusted in him with everything that I had, I was a new fellow on the inside, altogether at peace. And I've never had to be afraid of dying since then. Uh, come what may in this world, there is just not much you can do to bother the inner man because I know what happened to me. I'm thankful it happened to me. And when this world is uh, engulfed in flames, I know where I'm going to be, and it's not because I deserve it. I came to him. And I met his conditions and friends, lost people, so can you. Uh, Jesus didn't die on the cross for one or two people. He died on there for everybody that we all might have the opportunity to repent. And friends, tonight could be your night. Love everybody here. I'm sure you all probably expected better tonight and perhaps maybe a little lengthier. I'm going to ask that y'all pray for me. I'm considering making some decisions that, that might uh, detangle my schedule, if you will, and give, me a, and give me an opportunity to do a little bit better for God. You know, I owe him a lot. Y'all just heard what he did for me a great many years ago, somewhere between the ages of 12 and 14, right up close to here. Y'all see my two beautiful children. What y'all don't see is the blessed life I have at home. Y'all don't, uh, you don't see everything about my life and how great it is. But the one thing I certainly see is how I don't deserve it and how I have an obligation to try and make this wonderful heavenly father, uh, I need to try and make him happy. But I love all y'all. Hope y'all have a good evening. And I thank you for coming and listening to a novice preacher for just a little while.
Y'all have a good evening. I love you.